You're now listening to The Call Up Podcast, streaming on all major podcast platforms and on YouTube. And now, here's your host, Kenny. Kenny from The Call Up Podcast here, bringing you another unique person here from the NYC area that I love to get to know uh, is Sir Wilkins. He is one third of the Jabba Tears podcast. He's also uh, training to be a future WWE or AEW superstar. And today he is my guest to talk a little bit of wrestling and to get to know him a little bit more. Mr. Sir Wilkins, how the hell are you, sir? What's good? What's good, man? Thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Let's Thank talk you. wrestling. Let's talk life. Let's talk booty cheeks if we have to. I don't know. Let's talk. <laughs> we can talk anything you want, brother. So I'm. You know what? I, I love your energy. That's one of the things that drew me to you. Like when I listen to uh, the Jabba Tears podcast, like you guys don't hold anything back at all when it comes to like how you feel on any any topic, whether it's Brett um, Bret Hart's uh, mic skills or. Um, the way Vince McMahon is running WWE or how Tony Khan is like a character in um, AEW. Like you guys don't hold anything back. Yeah, man. We, we, we try to stay authentic to ourselves. Um, this is this is literally who we are. My brother, Mr. Black, and um, Janelle from the HR. So that's literally who we are. And that's, that's, that's what you got, what you get. <laughs> so where did your love for wrestling come from? So I've been watching wrestling for years. Um, I started watching wrestling like like most people, super young, mm-hmm. like five, I think like five years old, maybe even younger than that. I used to watch it with my um, my dad a lot of times and watch reruns of Saturday of of, um, of, of the Saturday recordings on WWF. Mm-hmm. We used to watch it together. That was like the only thing me and my dad ever did together before he passed away. Okay. Like okay, the only time that we had like a, a time together. So I was always a huge fan of wrestling. My fandom, I think, came like like most people attitude era. So I knew all the superstar era people like mm-hmm. Razor Ramon. I was a huge one, two, three kid fan because his name was one, two, three kid, and he was a kid, and I was a kid. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like he's like me, he's like a young kid, but <laughs> not knowing that the dude is like almost a grown-ass man. And <laughs> but it was attitude that really, like, brought me in because I'm a little bit older, so I have a better understanding of what's going on. So, like, mm-hmm. still not older, but I'm, like, you know, pre-teens, like, before hitting, hitting the teens type of, type, type of age. And that time was awesome for me. Like, it was in your face. I mean, a lot of stuff was uncomfortable to watch because right. I'm, like, eight, nine years old watching – Attitude Hour at its peak, 10, then, you know, you get a little bit like 10, 11, you're like, yo, I shouldn't be watching this with my mom and your little It's mad titties and ass all over the place. I'm talking about puppies and shit. Yeah, it was fun times. And that was like when I was like really, really into it. College, I kind of fell off a little bit mm-hmm. during the Ruthless Aggression era, but then I got right back into it. And it's been, and I think the podcast and the doing parties have really kept me locked into the culture. Mm-hmm. There's, there's been a couple of years over the past, like, 10, 15 years where you're like, yo, this is really bad shit. Oh, yeah. Like, a good, like, consistent, like, bad stuff. And, but, you know, I've always been locked in. And I, like I said, maybe those two maybe those two years, 
I wasn't really into it, but I always came back. Do you, do you feel like now with the era that we're in, like say with like WWE wise, is it getting to that point where you kind of just sit there and say to yourself like, oh man, this is some really like horrible shit that I'm watching right now. Cause when you get, you know, you get so many reports now with people saying like uh, Monday Night Raw is like so hard to watch that a lot of the times they just kind of just skip it. Yeah. I mean, I've always found something good to watch on Monday Night Raw. Like I'll find a, like a segment that I thoroughly enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, this, this, this is good. Does Monday Night Raw suck? Yes. Let's just keep it a buck. They've been following the same formula for like the past whatever years they've, they've been on TV. And I remember I do this like a, a little experiment. I um, had my homegirl Santana Red on my mini show called Coffee Talk with Friends. Mm-hmm. But we, we did a different way of looking at it. I made She hasn't watched wrestling in like 15 years, 12 right. years. And I made her watch it. I was like, yo, watch it. Tell me what you think. And then I'll interview about it. And she was like, yo, it was very familiar. That's an issue. And also a good thing. She felt super familiar about it. She's like, oh, the same thing that they usually do before, they, they still do it now. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with Raw, where it's not, it doesn't feel fresh. They have fresh superstars. They have fresh new moves that people are doing nowadays, but it still doesn't feel fresh because of the way that they line up things. Because I think in their head, like, if it's not broken, why fix it? Because they exactly. still do over 1.5 million fans. They're still getting paid crazy bread by USA. So in their head, they feel like that is fine, but I'm maybe be skipping over questions right now with the rise of AEW. AEW is in the, in, in the independent scene on steroids. Let's just mm-hmm. keep it a whole buck. Is it bad? No, far from bad. But it's, it's not the same thing as WWE. But with the transition of talent going to AEW, and people going, yo, these guys are over here. Let me go check it out. It has WWE thinking things differently now, slowly. Like I mentioned on an episode of Coffee Talk, Coffee Talk, where New Day was the blood. We got that. Mm-hmm. That's something we've been talking about. That's something fresh. And New Day and the Usos can go in the ring with each other. Oh, yeah. I need to sprinkle fucking Roman Reigns on that, it's it's something slightly fresh. And it gets and it's gonna get eyes on it. But to go back to your question, it is a little stale for Raw. Mm-hmm. Raw does have the little stale feel. Like Raw starts out generic all the time. Somebody comes out, it's promo. They cut a promo, they go, oh blah blah blah. I had a bad week last week, this and that. Then they, you know, then the match happens. Then they have a segment. And then we're at a point and us fans are a lot smarter than we were before. We we can actually tell you what the whole show is, the segments are going to be before before we even watch it. Oh yeah. So yeah, I think it's, it has gotten a little stale, but I think now with AEW being around, they're trying to like, all right, cool, we got to step change some stuff up a little bit. So now you said that like AEW is like the the indies on steroids, right? And AEW is starting to uh, pick up a lot of steam. They're starting to get a lot of eyes. Um, it was the same way, like with, like say, like WCW, and and even with you know WWE back in the Attitude Era. Like, do you feel that like AEW will change in time to fit like more of a different demographic? Like right now, they're like eighteen thirty five, you know, range. Where now maybe they might try to focus on say like the the lower end and get more of the kid friendly. I don't think they will 
anytime soon. Because you got to think about it. This, this Once again, this is my opinion. 18 to 35, that's the people who have jobs. Mm-hmm. That's the people with money. And that 18 to 35, and, I, and I'm not even 18, but more like 25 to 35. Like, you're out of college, you might be in your first career gig, and you're going to, you have, they have a good 10 years with that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And 25 to 35, they start having kids. They're going to bring their kids to the show. Just think about it. Because John Cena says something. I'll always remember that. He transitioned to like Superman John Cena-ish, Hulk Hogan type John Cena-ish mm. because he felt that he saw more kids in the crowd. But those kids are the teenagers and the er- people in their early 20s who are fans of the Attitude Era. Yep. So they grew with the sport. So I don't think it's going to happen right away. I think it might be a slight adjustment, but I think another it'd be another 10 years before that happens. Because if I'm having a kid at 33, my kid's going to kind of be able to go to a AEW show at like five. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Another five years. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a process. They will slowly change some stuff up. They have to. As if they want to grow as a company and get more advertising dollars. So I think they will be changed, but I don't think anytime soon that will happen. Okay. Yeah, that definitely makes sense because I the way I see them transitioning are just like like eventually they'll get to that point where they have to say, like, okay, we're, we're you know, we're like a traded company, we're trying to get more sponsors, you know, we're trying to get more kid friendly, especially now that they're doing um AEW dark tapings in Orlando over at Universal, like where it's predominantly just family friendly place yeah. now. So now you're gonna get like all these more wrestling fans going in there you know and then you probably like have those families that trickle in and say like oh let me let me check this out because it's too hot to stand online to wait for like transformers yeah <laughs> that's what impact did but impact didn't do a good job with that yeah so i wanted to touch bases i know you said you're a big wrestling fan and one of the things i found out about you is that you are training currently yeah yeah wrestler so how how is that going and what made you want to transition from you know being the fan part to now being the entertainer i've always wanted to do it and it's it's been something like i always wanted to like wrestle in front of a crowd you know mm-hmm. be on the top rope do like a semi-cool move because you know i still i'm still afraid of heights um but one of the biggest things was the podcast mm-hmm and I started doing the podcast, and I was just like, yo, I'm doing this podcast. I want to get into wrestling because I want to know, I want to feel what these wrestlers are feeling. If I'm doing this podcast and really dive into it, I want to understand what these wrestlers are going through in the ring and have a better understanding of it. Mm-hmm. So my school, which is House of Glory, great school, recommended, recommended for anybody. The head of trainer is Amazing Red, legend. In the amazing, business. amazing guy. If you guys don't know about Amazing Red, like, please Google, YouTube him. Shit, go to my page. I probably have like a million posts about him on there as well. Yeah, he's the godfather of modern day wrestling. If, if he, he hates to see, he hates to admit it sometimes. <laughs> but one of the things I was like, yo, they have an open house. Let me go. Mm-hmm. So I went, and I just got hooked on it. Even though it's a fitness part of it, because I have to learn a new craft, learn how to maneuver certain things, and <laughs> You know, and I understand the psychology behind wrestling more. 
and how this is bigger than what I thought it was. This isn't just putting some moves together and, you know, we call it a day. It's a lot more, in, like, little itty-bitty details that goes into wrestling. Mm-hmm. And when you hear, like, great in-ring people, like Bret Hart, because he's horrible on the mic, but his in-ring ability, you understand why he does certain things, and you understand why he called himself the best. Because little things he would do in the ring help put people over. We all, we all got to give him props. He had a drunk ass, high as a motherfucker, British bulldog mm-hmm. in the ring with him. And he still put on a quality match with him because he does a fucking ring general. Mm-hmm. And Sorry you would have you, you never, never known that until he said it. Yeah. You know. High as a kite. High and probably drunk too. High yeah. So to put on a five star match like that back then, and making sure that not only not only him and or Davey got hurt was amazing to me. Exactly. So it's but it's things that he would do with the crowd, like how do you get the crowd involved? How do you do certain things? And, then, and that's the beauty about wrestling. The moves are great. Mm. It's the other stuff that's amazing. Like for instance, I remember watching. Um, it's funny. I'm, I'm mentioning Bret Hart again. Broken Skull Sessions with Bret Hart. And they showed the match where Owen low-key, you know, not low-key, but broke Stone Cold's neck. Yeah. And there's a part where it went wrong. It was after the, it was after the pile driver. Stone Cold can't, can't feel his hands and his legs. I think it was his legs. Yeah. And Owen sees there's an issue, and he starts walking around the ring to mock the crowd. So he's getting heat from the crowd, but at the same time, he's doing it to give Stone Cold some more time. And stuff like that is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes these guys so amazing. You know what I mean? Right. Because you're an actor, you're a performer, you're, you're a stunt double, you're like all these things... And for that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So, you no, know, but yeah, it's so true. So you, you learn so much, you know, when you, uh, when you start training for like, you know, this type of business and then you're the way you are, that you're so charismatic. And, and so, you know, you, you're very passionate when, when people listen to the podcast about a lot of the things that you, um, that you talk about that you can definitely, I can see that you, you, you will use that in your in ring. Yeah, I try. You know what's funny? My coach, one of the other coaches, there, he's like, "Yo, I saw your podcast the other day. Yo, I want that Wilkins here." And I was like, "Nah, that Wilkins doesn't come out yet. <laughs> I have to learn the basics here first, and get really comfortable what I'm doing here in the mm-hmm. ring before I bring that other side here. You know what I mean? But You're I right. do bring a little bit slow. I'm trying to bring that bring that over here because I never want to come off too cocky or something I don't mm-hmm. even know yet. You know what I mean? Right. Let me talk my shit and know what I'm doing. Like I, I, <laughs> you know, what I mean? Kobe didn't talk shit without knowing what he was doing. That's true. So you you touched on the 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 podcast. So you and you are uh, you're one third of the Joppy Tears. Um, can you shed some light as to like who started this and like 
are you amazed with the fan base that you guys have grown so far? So it's funny how the universe works and how the shit happens. Mm -hmm. So I was part of this other Facebook group. And this was the time I was doing the viewing parties. The face that Facebook group came aboard. It was like, hey, we want to be partners on this, on your viewing parties. Mm-hmm. For people who are listening or, or watching this, I do pay-per-view viewing parties for WWE and AEW. I do I've been doing it for the past 10 years. So doing the viewing parties, I've become like one of the admins of the group. And I had to- I had spoken to him. I was like, yo, if you want this group to be more of a brand, we need to put out content. And the owner of the group was just like, yo, yeah, maybe, 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 maybe not. So I had had done a podcast with my homeboys from iPokes and Head Shows. Mm-hmm. They asked me to come on. And I had a fucking phenomenal time. I was talking about wrestling by about an hour and a half and, and some MMA stuff. So no big deal. My boy at the t- my boy who was our camp, who was, used to be Jabba Tears old camera guy, I told him mm-hmm. to come. And I, and I had said, like, hey, I can't really pay you that much money, but I got you with lunch if you come and take pictures and videos of me doing this podcast. He was like, yeah, yeah, I got you. So after we left doing eye pokes and head chokes, we're having dinner, and he tells me, he's like, yo, you should do, you should do a podcast. I said, absolutely not. <laughs> I was like, I don't got the fucking time to do that shit. Where am I going to find the time to do the podcast? I don't have the equipment to do that shit. And this is before, like, it, it it was so easy to do a podcast now. Like, you could buy mm-hmm. a mic, just plug it into, like, your phone, and you're doing a podcast. Exactly. This is, like, four years ago, maybe even five. And I was like, nah. But at the time, I was listening to a lot of podcasts. I was listening mm-hmm. to um, Rosenberg's podcast, Sam Roberts. I'm a, I'm a Joe Budden's head from, like, with Rory and Maul. Like, oh, yeah. before they got the Spotify deal. <laughs> I was listening to Brilliant Idiots, and I go again and do eye pokes and head chokes again. I had another phenomenal time. Mm-hmm. And uh, my old camera guy name is Leo. He was like, yo, let's do a podcast. So I'm watching an old clip of First Take at the gym, and it hits me. I was like, yo, I've never seen a debate show for wrestling. So I hit up my, my old business partner who had to run the wrestling group. I was like, yo, let's do a debate show about wrestling. Let's get a female on there. Boom, boom, boom. So at the time, I was looking for a female. I had um, put on my Facebook, I'm looking for a female who's into wrestling to be part of a podcast. Mm-hmm. I didn't want Janelle to do it, but Janelle's my best friend, but Janelle's always busy. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think she would be down to do it. So then our mutual friend tags her. I was like, yo, what about Janelle? So then I hit her up. She was like, I, she was like, I've been waiting for you to ask me. <laughs> she was just waiting in the wings, like Yeah, like <laughs> so it's me, homeboy from the, the Facebook group, and Janelle. We do the podcast. Mm-hmm. Changes the whole concept up. He's the he's the he's the moderator and she's debating. I didn't want that shit. Mm-hmm. But I was like, all right, whatever. And we're doing we're doing it, and we have creative differences, so we go our separate ways. And but once again, I tell you, the universe works in mysterious ways. There was one episode he couldn't make it because he went on vacation, mm-hmm. and I told my brother to come on. So 
I, we moved Janelle to the moderator seat, and me and my brother and I are debating. And it was instant chemistry between all three of us. It just fucking worked. Right. So when we split, when me and Homeboy split, I, I hit up my brother, like, you want to do a podcast? And I already had the camera guy, and which is Leo, so we, we were set. And I already knew what the equipment was. I already knew how to put stuff online because the, the first podcast I was doing was kind of like, was like training camp. Mm-hmm. So we start doing it and I knew we had something because there wasn't too many black podcasts out there. Right. Like, you know, there's a black guy on the podcast, but, but, but it's not a, a whole podcast. It's just black or Latino or Afro-Latino. Mm-hmm. Because now is I'm Cuban. So we, we're doing it and we had to come up with a name. So we sat at Legends for like an hour and a half. I kid you not. We're, go- we're like Googling names left and right, gorilla position, table, table podcast. Dude, all these fucking names we're, we're, we're Googling. And every one of them is taken. Like any good wrestling podcast name. Right. So we finally come up with tears because we have an old friend that used to be like, he's a troll on different sports groups. Mm-hmm. And like, I'm collecting giant tears. I'm collecting um, eagle tears right now because because they, they, they just lost the game, whatever. <laughs> That's like, smart. And he's like, and then she was like, maybe a cup of tears. And then we came up with Jobber. Mm-hmm. And we're like, yo, we're all technically Jobbers here. We're complaining about wrestling. So right. Jobber tears. And the reason why our logo is a cup because it's filled with tears overflowing. Because we're complaining so much. Uh, okay. So then we had that. And I I thought of us as, as like underground rappers. Mm-hmm. So I watched how, in, a, in my weird way, how the music business puts out music and how they promote like music. And I was like, podcast is very similar. So instead of us launching right away, I was like, yo, we're going to do a, a two months. And we're just gonna put up p- different pictures about what we're doing. We we're gonna talk on. We're gonna talk on Instagram a little bit, and then mm. we're gonna basically do a rollout. Okay. And then we'll start in January. So we started in January, and about three years. We're almost on to three years, and we've been running ever since. And to answer your question about the fan base, sometimes I don't think we have a fan base. I'll be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But then people will stop us on the street, like, "Yo, I fuck what you're doing, man. I fuck with you, what you're doing." So. A part of me is like, I kind of expected it because we worked so hard. But another right. part of me is like, I didn't expect it to be where it's at right now. Right. But it, it, it's, I, it, whatever it is, I fucking am grateful for the whatever fans that we have and people who fuck with it, who listen to the podcast for how many years, who join us on a live, who come to the viewing parties, who, who buy a fucking t shirt from us. And you know what I mean? It's, even if we only had one fan, it's still more than zero. You know what I mean? Yeah, basically. You know, you know how it is. You, you, mm-hmm. You're trying to build something, and then other people fuck with what you're building. Mm-hmm. You get that all the time. Yeah. So, so I fucking love it. I'm, I'm just grateful that we have people that listen to what we do, and I, and over the years, the numbers have gone up on our YouTube 
and also our um, SoundCloud and everything. Numbers have yeah. got, we're seeing the progress. Like, we just officially got monetized on YouTube. Thank God. That shit takes fucking forever. <laughs> oh, listen, I know I know the struggle of that one because I put a lot of the, the interviews up uh, on YouTube. So to, like, get monetized and, and do all this stuff is a pain in the ass. Bro, it's a pain in the fucking ass. Uh, but you you touch based on doing like the viewing parties like for pay per views and stuff like that, and you guys uh, do it at Legends here in New York, right? Um, I haven't been. I need to go there and check it out for myself. But uh, the response that I get from a lot of people who who've been to these play, you know, been to these viewing parties is that it's very um, family oriented. You guys treat like you guys go around and say hi to everyone. It's like everybody knows everybody that's there because you get familiar faces that come back, um, you know, all the time. Um, like, how excited does it get? Like, do you get like every single time you have to do one of these parties? I mean, obviously, I know it's probably stressful at times because you got to put it together. But like, once it once you're there, like, what is the vibe for you? Once you start seeing everybody come in. So in the beginning, it's okay. So I used to promote like parties, like nightclub mm-hmm. parties. So I'm a little bit used to it, like mm-hmm. you know, promoting something, putting it together and everything of that nature. But it's still a little bit of stress. But I love seeing how everybody gets so fucking excited for it. How, for instance, we had we had AEW all out. And the pop for Cole and Danielson was absolutely amazing. Like the video that the video somebody took mm-hmm. was so crazy that Bleacher Report we posted it. So it's 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 just like yo, wrestling fans are fucking amazing when they're being fans and not being weirdos. <laughs> There's a lot of weirdos. Yeah, and it's beautiful because everybody's coming together just to watch some wrestling. And you kind of get a little bit of taste of who's over and who's not mm-hmm. because of the pop that we have. And I'm going to tell you this right now, for the bigger ones that we do, when you're there, you feel like you're at a live show. But you can hear the commentary. Mm-hmm. That's how popping it, it gets. Like, All Out was a prime example because it's like that was like the, our – Second big event since, um, you know, things open back up, like bars yeah. and everything open back up. So we had WrestleMania, and this was this was and Summer SummerSlam. I'm sorry, SummerSlam as well. So it's like our third one, and it was they all have this live action type of feel because so many people are just jumping for joy, and the food is pretty good. Okay. Yeah. So, so it's it's been great, man. So you you so you guys transitioned from podcasts to party hosts and recently a couple of months ago i had the honor of going to uh, a wrestling event because i have not been to wrestling events in god knows how long because of the pandemic and you guys put on jobber slam which was my first wrestling show back since the pandemic mm-hmm. okay and it was a great show Thank from you, beginning dude. from beginning to end um are we gonna see a, a jobber slam too we're we're hoping we're hoping so if um mm. God willing, and you know a, a pandemic doesn't shut things down. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how we, we have to say that nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like 
tomorrow's not is definitely not promised anymore. Mm-hmm. So we we will do something of that nature. And once again, Jabra Slam came about with things lining up. We our, one of our first guests was Joe Morales, and he had just um started owning Battle Club Pro. I think he was like maybe six months in, maybe to a year in. Mm-hmm. And we were doing the show. He he came to us because our brand had gotten bigger. And he was just like, yo. And he's like, yo, you, would you guys be interested in doing a, a, a show with me? Like, you are, you are the co-headliners and co-promoters of the show. It was supposed to happen 2020, but, you know, the world shut down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the world has shut down, and we couldn't ha- make it happen. Okay. So it came about last year, and I can't take too much credit for it because the person that takes that should take the most credit was Janelle. Janelle is put busting her ass of doing a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff was done last minute. We literally had three weeks to put the show together. Mm. And we were kind of in shock that 300 people showed up. Like the outpouring and the support for Jabba Slam was absolutely amazing. You were there. Yeah, it was the, it was amazing. I was ringside for this for this event, and it was like one of the best independent shows I've seen so far. Next to like Evolve, where we, they used to have it over at Laboom. Yeah, you know, um, you guys, you know, were real organized. You guys had everything safety wise in place, and then even though we had to have these restrictions, like it was still a party vibe. Like yeah. you guys, had, you guys had to kick people out because nobody wanted to leave. Yeah, because my whole thing is the things that we do, we want to feel like you belong here. Right. Because the wrestling community sometimes gets clicky, Mm -hmm. and I hate that shit. We may not agree on shit. We may not agree who our favorite wrestler is. We may not agree on who our fucking favorite promotion is. But at the end of the day, we all like wrestling. That's true. Let's watch this shit together. You can talk our shit about it. By the end of the day, we all like wrestling. Let's just come together, show each other love, be respectful, and have a good time. Because this is, for many of us, and you even talked about it in pre-production, this is our our getaway from from the bullshit in Mm -hmm. the world. Let's think about it. Wrestling was the only thing that was really on during the pandemic. Everything else was shut down. Yeah. That was the only consistent thing that, that, that I was able to do. Like We were able to do the podcast every week, through StreamYard mm-hmm. and and have something to talk about. I remember watching for uh Undisputed and Skip said something that that, that it, it hit me. He was like, We were doing this show and we didn't know if we were gonna have a job next week. Hmm. Because all sports were gone. That's how crazy it was, but wrestling yep. wasn't gone. Wrestling was still going. Shout out to Vince McMahon putting the money back on the table for Trump <laughs> and said, let's get this shit going. Exactly. But man, it, it's the show was the show came out great. We, we fucking loved it. And we're we're hopefully God willing be able to do something else next year as well. And mm-hmm. you know, do other stuff in other states and as well. So I have two rapid fire questions that I want to ask you before I let you go. Uh, we know that you're very passionate about wrestling. So 
I want to get your take on this. Uh, who has better mic skills, MJF or The Miz? The Miz. 100% The Miz. Let's let's put it out on the table. Let's let's talk about this real quick. MJF is fire on the mic. Let's not deny this. But we've only seen a heel MJF. I'm going to tell you this right now. It is harder to be a babyface in the current climate of professional wrestling. There have been times where Miz has been a babyface and cut babyface promos, and they were good. Mm -hmm. Miz doesn't have to yell to get his point across. I do. MJF has to. <laughs> but Miz has, cure, has evolved where he just, his cadence could lower and still gets his point across. Miz is better. Hands down. MJF is going to be up there one day, but he's not there right now. Great Who, question. I'm about to put that on Twitter. There you go. Who will win in a match? Sammy Guevara or uh, Montez Ford? Montez Ford. He's an ex-Marine. <laughs> Just because he's an ex-Marine. <laughs> I think he's either ex-Marine or some, some type of... He's been in some type of... um. In the armed forces, he did something. Uh -huh. So yeah. he's fucking up, Sam. Fucking up, Sam. Oh man, uh, Wilkins, th thank you so much for coming on and uh, talking some wrestling uh, for the people who don't know and they're kind of curious. Where can they find you? You can find me all over social media. Um, it's the same thing across the board. S I R underscore Wilkins. I am also one third of the Jabba Tears podcast. So you just type in Jabba Tears on all forms of social media, and we will pop up. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to this episode and watching this episode. I appreciate it. Homie, thank you for having me on, no man. No problem. Thank you. This is an honor.